This is Report Back, the podcast of the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. DSASF has over 1,000 members and 16 issue-based and internal-facing committees where the heart of our organizing happens. Report Back is centered on praxis. We discuss the tactics and strategies of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. I'm Nick Nowitzki, member of DSASF. In this episode, I spoke with Brace Belden, a fellow chapter member, a worker at Anchor Brewery, and a member of the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, or ILWU. We discussed the May Day March and Rally organized by the Bay Area chapter of the ILWU, Local 10. I'm, ta- I'm here talking to Brace Belden, a member of uh, DSA San Francisco, uh, and also a worker at uh, Anchor Brewery, mm-hmm. <laughs> and who was uh, invited on stage at the uh, at the May Day March that the ILW put on. Uh, can you say more about what exactly that was? Yeah, so every year um, the ILWU does a march on May Day, and they do it in different locations. They do it often... The ones I used to go to all the time were, were down sort of by Fisherman's Wharf in sort of the San Francisco waterfront. Um, but the majority of, of the, the, the waterfront jobs are actually in Oakland. And this this year, they, they do often like themed marches, basically. And it's always International Workers' Day March. But like, for instance, this year was about uh, a, a protest uh, against the uh, proposed construction of a new ballpark for the A's at Howard Terminal, which is a, a terminal in the port of Oakland, where there that's an active terminal that's being used for for shipping and used by the ILWU. Yeah, I've uh, I found out that the uh, terminal was actually shut down that day, but mm-hmm. uh, it turned out it was sort of related. It's something that the ILWU negotiated in their contract. Yes. So it gets shut down for eight hours every year on May Day. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the ILWU, um, who, who they have a lot of power when they strike, but this isn't technically a strike because they, um, they, yeah, again, it's negotiated their contract. Mm-hmm. So that's why they get a lot of members out every year for, for May Day is because none of them, uh-huh. none of them work. That's smart. That's smart. So there were a lot of there were a lot of people there. There were a lot of members, yeah. and then there were a lot of people speaking as well. At least the the first stage of the strike, where you were one of the speakers. Yes. Can you can you tell me anything about some of the other people? So there? so they had me up there because my my coworkers and I, Anchor Brewing Company, um, uh, spent the last year organizing alongside DSA, San Francisco, and the LWU to form uh, form the first craft brewer union in the country. Um, or we, what we think is the first craft brewery in the country. It's a little difficult to tell. Uh, and so they wanted to sort of have us up there as like, you know, these are new members of our union and, you know, to sort of show us solidarity and stuff. Most of the speakers were from, from the various waterfront ports or waterfront unions, um, ILW ones up and down the West Coast. But there was also, uh, I believe, the president of the Oakland Educators Association, the Oakland Teachers Union, uh, Sarah Nelson from the, um, uh, the head of the AFA, I think they're the AFA, yeah, American Flight Attendants, um, the, which is a member of the, AFL, yeah, yeah. Region of the yeah, 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 they're, uh, and they're, uh, I think the biggest flight attendants union in the country, she's the president, has sort of been getting a lot of, um, attention because, uh, she called for, famously kind of called for a general strike during the government shutdown, and a lot of people say, 
that because of that, it was ended because a bunch of flight, like uh, air traffic controllers called out sick the next day. Um, and and that was mostly it. it was people from waterfront unions, very different ones, because um, it's not just the IW out there. Uh, I believe people from the IBU, the Inland Boatman's Union, which is a constituent of the ILWU. And uh, it was cool. It was a good It was a good sort of show of solidarity. And it was held at the spot where they're trying to build the new ballpark, mm-hmm. which really like put home for me just how insane the project is. Yeah, um, yeah it does seem to be a, a ludicrous place to put it. There's yeah. uh, no transit that goes out there. Yeah. Uh, everyone would be driving back and forth across the bridge. Yeah. Apparently there's been some part of the proposals where they're suggesting they could add a, a gondola. Like that goes a gondola. Along, yeah, that goes alongside the Bay Bridge. This has been floated by the developers as that, they try to convince uh, people to approve the project. Seems like a strange proposition. Yeah, and well, I mean, we can so we can talk more generally here. I mean, what what the 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 owner of the A's, uh, John Fisher, who also owns the Gap, and yeah. sits on the board of multiple. I think. At least two different uh, charter school companies. Yeah, they always do. <laughs> which, which explains, I guess, to some degree why uh, people from the uh, Oakland Education Association yes. <laughs> saw this as being connected. Uh, there's a lot of land around the existing ballpark, and the ex- which is the same spot of land that contains the um, Oracle Arena. Yeah, the Warriors will also be no longer playing in uh, yes. some years from now. Uh, so it seems like there's a lot of land there for a ballpark, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to build the ballpark there. He wants to tear all that down and build some high tech park with housing and leave the have the Coliseum be a music venue only. Yeah. And then first, they were going to they were trying to make a deal for land owned by Laney College. Yes. Also, tons of pushback open. around that. Yeah. So people got really upset about that, and it seems like this is the backup plan. Yeah. To close. Howard Terminal, which you mentioned before. How many terminals are there in the Port of Oakland? Oh, I'm not sure the exact number. I know it's the fifth busiest port on the in the country. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like you're reducing a great deal of capacity for the sake of this, uh, of this uh, tearing it down and throwing up a, a stadium. Yeah. I mean, it seems, and uh, the people who live in the neighborhoods, I just, I don't know. What they're doing about it. It seems like a big gentrification. It, place, it right? totally is because they're also going to build four thousand new units of housing, but oh, yeah. that's going to mean. I mean, look at the housing around the the giant stadium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's exactly. not exactly housing for poor people. I mean, I, I live around where the uh, new Warrior Stadium is being constructed. Yeah, and that, that's similarly. Um, Whatever negotiated amounts of housing and amounts of affordable housing yeah. that they uh, settled for before with that push, uh, they've actually gone back on it and they've like yeah. said, "Oh, we actually there's a real pressing need to have a hotel here." Really. Yes, so let's, uh, yeah, put a that, that's the plan of putting four hotels in Oakland yeah. around there. Too. Awesome, perfect. And yes. the, the weird thing added about that too is that like a, a big reason there's a lot less uh, port activity in San Francisco at, at where, you know, where the ports used to be is because they put housing right up against it. And, and mm. what the IWU had called for is like an industrial buffer zone. Because like you yeah. don't, no matter how gritty people think they are, you don't want to live next to a bustling port because it's going on 24-7. And it's loud and it's noisy and there's a lot of congestion. Mm. Because, I mean, at, at that march, I mean, it was really like, like how busy the truck traffic was. 
and there's train tracks yep. that go through there. Yep. It, you know, and they need like that's like where all the cars and everything come in. Like it's yeah. it's they need that stuff there, and it's it's just wild to me that they would they would think they could just put a ballpark there, and it's going to be yeah. like a gentrification ball. Yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 in a lot of the new jobs are going to be temporary jobs like peanut sellers and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. what, what the jobs at the port uh, right now are some of the best paying blue collar jobs in the country. I mean, if you get an ILW local 10, it's like you're kind of set for life because uh, they pay really good. There's great benefits. There's really great retirement. And there's not a ton of blue collar jobs just left in general in the Bay Area that aren't like out of the service, uh, you know, it's mostly low-paying service jobs. And so, again, they're trying to replace these really great sort of working-class jobs with more jobs that just, you know, serve other people. Mm-hmm. Serve, you know, sell rich people $25 beers or whatever. Yeah, $50 t-shirts. Exactly. Or anchor, an anchor steam that costs... If you buy an anchor steam at the Giant Stadium, you pay what I make in an hour for one. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you you mentioned uh, yeah the noise I can't imagine what yeah. it's like to live next to try to live next to an active port uh, I I heard it I heard the problem <laughs> goes the other way too I overheard a member talking about how um, the proposed site for the stadium and the times in which they have games and people want to like shoot off fireworks and have big uh, Klieg lights and people yeah. uh, screaming and stuff that this really constitutes a navigation hazard because they're not talking about closing the entire port. Exactly. They're, just, they're almost putting a baseball stadium almost in the middle of yeah, an active yeah, port really that uh, all of the cargo ships have to uh, go past yeah. to like, turn around. And then it, rep- you know, it's just... Seems like lunacy on multiple levels. And a lot of the pro stadium people are saying like, oh, it's not used as an active port, which, okay, like it's not fully used in the same way that some other terminals are. But A, that's because it's mostly for trucks to load up, which yeah, like... It, it seems yeah, very active right before it shuts down. It's active. It's not just like... <laughs> it's just not in the same exact way as other terminals. And um, it, it, it's not just going to affect that parcel. It's going to affect the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be the beginning. Of the end. And like the people who sort of own the port and who own that land and who want to sort of lease it out to the, or, to, you know, give it or whatever to the, uh, to the A's, Actually, I believe it would be selling it to the A's um, and the, the gap guy. Uh, they've been trying to sort of make all these satellite terminals for a while to sort of diffuse the power of the LWU, who, of course, if you uh-huh. split workers in a different you know, different places, 10 workers working here, 50 workers working there. Of course, they don't have as much power as they would. Mm-hmm. And to, like, shunt other jobs off, like, Stockton and places like that, which are also ILWU, but it's, the Port of Oakland is, like, a, like a big source of power for them. Mm. Um, and that, how long has that been the case? For a while. Yeah, for a long I mean, time. Yeah, oh. it's, I get the impression, so I'm one of the transplants to the city but yeah. i do get the impression that the ilw has a long uh and storied history in the bay area <laughs> um yeah I, 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 exactly ilw came out of uh, a three-month-long 1934 waterfront strike all up and down the west coast i believe they were part of the ila which was the international longshores men's association i can't exactly remember it's still the east coast union is called that um which is a separate union. Uh, and then there was a, uh, a general strike in San Francisco, um, which, which uh, famously included uh, 
a police shooting by uh, by of course the police uh, and that which killed two ILWU members yeah. and then that that turned into a general strike or that turned the waterfront strike into a general strike which um, actually was 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 sort of ran outside of the, out of the Redstone building um, but of, of course that strike. Once it became a general strike and involved all the unions, that was sort of taken over by the Labor Council, which came to a deal, I think, quicker than the ILWU might have. Yeah. Uh, ILWU started, uh, I believe, a little bit after that, although that was just the germination of it, because that strike was really led by the original ILWU sort of leader named Harry Bridges, who was um, uh, being deported pretty much his whole life that he lived here. Uh, he was an Australian immigrant and a... Uh, I believe a a higher up of the uh, the the Communist Party of the USA, um, and because of that, the the United States government tried to deport him for like forty years, uh, <laughs> and uh, it didn't work. But it was a long, long hassle. But it, it also really like it made the ILWU a a sort of being born in blood like that made them, and a lot. Later, after a lot of the other unions had, because a lot of these unions sort of started in the 1800s, and there was all these bloody strikes then, which they continued up until the 30s, but ILWU really kind of came late to the game with that. And so it's a lot more recent in their minds. Well, it's not just recent, <laughs> it's current in a way. I mean, yeah, speaking of exactly. police violence, the, so the, the march was sort of led, and a lot of the speakers were speaking from a truck that, I guess... Uh, Union members or the union leadership have yeah. provided with like uh, microphones and uh, speakers. Do you guys remember Brendan Kieran's actually provided the microphones? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, and then, but then also this truck was covered, especially and on on both sides with a huge banner that said "Stop Police Terror" yeah. and then symbols of the ILWU, and then just a list of some people that have been killed in recent years by police: uh, Shalim Tyndall, Stephen Clark. Idris Steli, that's there's dozens of names. I took pictures. Yeah. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. Yeah. They, they were they had to add additional signs underneath the signs that they had clearly planned on. They had to tack on additional names. Just, uh, yeah. I remember when when sort of Black Lives Matter like first kind of like came into you know, it sort of exploded onto the scene, I guess. Like that the the Black Lives Matter movement. There was the May Day March that year was really focused around that. Um, which was cool because I think it's 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 easy for them to connect. First of all, LWU has a ton of of black and brown members, like a, a lot. I mean, there there's there's a lot of unions have well in certain sectors have 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 a a, a lot of of black and brown members, but LWU especially does. Um, and I think that in connecting them to uh, the the sort of murder of two LWU members by the police is like a really important thing for them as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's it, uh, it's cool. It seems like it's uh, that they recognize how these uh, efforts are interrelated, how they're how uh, gentrification and police violence and uh, charter schools are yeah. uh, connected in efforts, and indeed, like you said, the splitting up of the workforce and of the worker yeah. power across these multiple uh, job sites in these multiple cities, that how these uh, efforts are, uh, you know, uh, different fronts on the same battle that they're fighting. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, a lot of people compare uh, gentrification to, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's basically ethnic cleansing in some cases, like the, the, like the uh, urban renewal of the film work. 
yeah. was nothing but ethnic cleansing. And I think I think it's a lot of like, you know, there's sort of this academic language where this and this is violence and this and this is violence, which I don't fully subscribe to. But like that is, it is sort of terror inflicted on communities, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they know exactly what they're doing. It's not... Yeah. I did recognize some people at the action that I knew from the uh, anti-police terror project in Oakland, a really great uh, organization. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were I think, apparently providing, helping to provide security, which was a great I thing. wouldn't be surprised if that did. So, I think they had a lot of people out at the second march, too. So, so let's talk about the march. It started off, we were at Howard Terminal. Yes. Uh, there were a lot of people got the chance to speak, including you. Well done, uh, by the way. And then uh, we set off, and where, well, where did it go from there? We marched to the Port Commission, um, which is sort of where all the people who own the port have their offices and stuff. And uh, that was a pretty funny scene because it was like just these giant ILWU guys just changing ILWU louder and with increasing volume and increasing frequency uh, or speed, I guess, at the door. Until eventually, I think a Port Commissioner came out and started speaking and was pretty much uh, roundly booed. Um, <laughs> what did they say? Uh, he was just defending their 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 sort of um, deal with the A's. It, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was surprised that they did it, but he doesn't care. He's probably a very rich man, so it doesn't really matter uh, if he gets yelled at by a couple of people. Um, yeah, and from there, uh, they we marched. We uh, spent a lot of time there. There were some more speeches. And from there, everyone marched downtown um, right up to yeah, yeah, up, uh, it, uh, to Oscar Grant Plaza or Frank Agawa Plaza, as it's called by the city, um, and where there was a sort of separate march that the ILW also endorsed, but it wasn't just the ILW march like the, the morning one was. Right. I mean, the morning one wasn't just ILW, but they were sort of the hosts of it. Yeah, I was. I also stayed for that march. It, we went from there over to the lake. Yeah, I, as I understand it, it was organized by. I'm not gonna. I don't remember the name. I don't either. Maybe I can edit it. But it was, uh, <laughs> I believe, an uh, immigrant justice yes. uh, coalition of yeah. different organizations. That was what a lot of the people marching were involved in. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. I, I, one thing about the the morning march, I was amazed by. I don't. I know what they were called, but there was a group of people who seemed to be trained marchers in uniform yes. that were connected with the ILW. They all had uh, those hooks. What are those yeah. called? Uh, Longshore hooks. I don't know. Oh, yeah. God. And they had like silver hooks. Yeah. And mar- marching and turning in unison. What is, do you know? What I think one of those called like the color guard or like the flag guard uh, or something. But they always do that. They sort of like are, it's, yeah, it's like. I think it's called the color guard. Hey, uh, um, chapter project. If anyone wants to make DSA's color guard, yeah, I will be oh, it's totally great. down. I yeah. want to do part of that. They uh, <laughs> they always basically like they wear this sort of like tan top, and I believe these either black or navy navy pants, and and these these great hats, and they um, yeah, they do this. The guy sang too, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, but they sort of do this like tap routine almost yeah. in this sort of marching routine, which I really dig. It's 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 very cool. It's, it's a very old school like uh, sort of. And it seemed like they were at the head, and they were sort of being used to control yeah. when people should proceed. Like they always knew when to march in place. Exactly. And there yeah. was uh, like the whole street was blocked off for us, right, by the city. Certainly in practice, it was blocked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that, I don't know if they got permits or what, or if the, the, the police just let them do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, I remember 
after Trump got elected, they were actually the only big May Day march I've ever been to. Was uh, they they did it from from I think local ten down to no it was actually it started down at the uh, sort of near the ferry building there was a ton, there was like over a thousand more a over a thousand people at that but of course once people once Trump sort of faded from being this immediate danger to a lot of people or like you yeah. know just sort of a lot of liberal people thought of him as something that they just got to defeat electorally people kind of stopped coming out. Mm. So what do you see as the strategy of uh, this uh, meeting in March? Uh, so May Day, or International Workers' Day, is a holiday celebrated in pretty much every single other country ever, um, except for America, uh, which is ironic because it started in America uh, when, um, when sort of one of the original trade union federations made their call for the eight-hour day to begin on May 1st of, I think, 1886. I could be mistaken. And then there was a very famous uh, Haymarket Massacre in Chicago where a lot of um, uh, sort of mostly anarchists were killed uh, by police, or excuse me, um, were, were arrested and then later killed by police. Uh, and, uh, in fact, May 1st in the United States is actually Loyalty Day. Um, every year, whatever president there is, doesn't matter if it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump, signs a law into place uh, calling May 1st Loyalty Day, which I think is very funny. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's an important holiday. In most other countries, there's huge marches, and, and everyone goes on strike in France and stuff like that. Like, all the workers are in the streets. In America, well, famously, there are workers in other countries. Yes, I've, exactly. I've heard this, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the Soviet Union would have these sort of big military parades on May Day. In America, it's generally a lot smaller. It's usually like, you know, five or ten people from each left-wing group, and then maybe one union gets behind it. Um, the Bay Area, it's a little different because the ILWU's presence, and they've been doing it so consistently. But it's mainly like, they're smart because they do it targeted. So, like, their, their target was, you know, the, the Howard Terminal Project this year, or, you know, it was Black Lives Matter a few years ago, and there was the Trump thing. Um... So I think the strategy is to sort of like it's just build worker solidarity and get people out there, sort of make you feel good about having this day be your day, be the workers' day. I mean, it definitely was an achievement. Like I said, there's yeah. workers from lots, not just from the yeah. uh, multiple different uh, uh, waterfront unions like exactly. you're describing, but the teachers and everything else. And there were indeed DSA members there. Yeah, tons. Yeah. That, you know, not just us. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but there was other ones too. Yeah. And we had banners. And, and there's things. quite a few DSA members in, in ILWU and IBU as well too. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so the so, so, yeah, besides uh, being those members, yeah. uh, what can our other members do to, <laughs> to help the, the workers, the unions, to help stop the, stop the construction, to what? Uh, so there's a couple of things. So in, in, in relation to International Workers' Day, is if you're in a union, try to get your union to sort of endorse and come out to these marches every year, because a lot of unions kind of don't. Yeah, it sounds uh, disloyal. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> Didn't hear it from me, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in, in regards to the um, to the construction project, I mean, if you're in a trade, uh, if you're in the building trade, certainly try to oppose it as much as you can. Although I don't know if that'll be very popular, um, but come out to community meetings and and when the ILW puts out a call, which they do, to get people to show up to stuff, people should go because yeah. it's it's an important thing. It's it's also kind of a land grab by by the Gap fella um, because mm -hmm. the, there's the the, the place where the current stadium and the Oracle Arena is on right now, that is public land. 
and he's getting to develop <laughs> that. And then there's this is yeah, it's it's a mess. But uh, so yeah, this, this this project it's all the same fight. So uh, yeah, people should should try to get involved as much as they can. And to know when those community meetings and ILWU actions happen, you can follow our chapter's public calendar at dsasf.org. It will also show you many of our committee meetings, actions, and events where you can get involved in building a better world. To contact our labor organizing committee specifically, you can email labor at dsasf.org. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 49 states. We're an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org. Playing us in and out, as always, is Young Chomsky, and you can hear more of them at soundcloud.com slash yung-chomsky.